Yeah, yeah. I would say I'm definitely most interested in the worthless areas. Yeah. yeah. question yeah an interjection i have a hard time Mm -hmm. i really have a hard time with this idea of the of the like noble bumbling idiot genius (laughs) (laughs) scenario that you're proposing because like i mean like i get oh you mean of biden Biden. Biden. okay Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah yeah of like of like just like I meant to do that. <laughs> oh no! It no. seems too fucking convenient, you know. Like no, he he knew what he was doing. But but like the idea that like Obama. Well, I guess Obama couldn't really give it to us because he's black. Mm-hmm. So I'll take that. But oh yeah, I don't know, <laughs> dude. I don't know. Well, and yeah, Obama had a lot of shit about whether he's an actual Christian, and so he had to... Uh, he yeah, really but, ha- but my issue is with Hillary, what she was saying about it before mm-hmm. it happened. You know, and like... She was pandering he, on something that didn't affect her. No, I get... I get yeah, but it affects the people, what she says. You know, it's sort, like, it's sort of like, okay, I get what you're saying about it being a calculated thing. But then we go back to the super predators comment. (laughs) (laughs) And like, you do damage when you say shit, dude. Yeah, yeah, You do a lot of damage. And so like, if it's for the greater good, I still don't fucking get it. Like, you know, and like, that's just my thing. I'm not saying you're wrong. And I'm not saying that that's not how they did it. But I'm just saying that that's wrong. (laughs) Even if that's how they did it, it, I still have issues with that. That's part of why, uh, what I'm, what I'm trying to argue for at least a, a little bit is the idea that these that they should have gone for it. Well, no, that we should be able to talk about these yeah, things, yeah. Uh, that we should be able to be transparent about them. That identity politics shouldn't be this taboo. Well, I and, also think that like it's interesting the way that you're talking about it because I always think of identity politics as something that the liberals get blamed for. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But they, but you, you're you've illustrated that it's a thing, and even in terms of that uh, documentary that I spoke about where I was talking about Gore Vidal, yeah, I I need to watch it again because. I don't know if I watched it and they were talking about it in general as being a thing of identity politics or if they were putting it on Gore Vidal based on whether I, I I don't know if I came in with those ideas (laughs) and then I only heard it, you know, like Mm -hmm. if I filtered it that way, I want to, cause that, that shit actually really made me realize how long this whole thing has been going, you know? Yeah. And so that, that ties back to that, that was what, uh, was taped in like 64 yeah. somewhere in there because it was uh you can tell it's the early 60s because <laughs> the haircuts and everything yeah yeah uh, but then even then it's interesting because gore vidal in that documentary they talk about how he didn't want to be defined as a homosexual oh yeah you yeah. know but then now it's all about labeling things and calling things what they yeah. are. And then yeah. how, and then so like, are we going to go into a thing? And I'm not, I'll be obviously not qualified to talk about <laughs> any of this shit, 
But I'm just saying, like, it's an interesting back and forth between how people... Like, I totally understand where Gore Vidal was coming from. He oh, didn't yeah. want it. He, he, he didn't was saying want he had multiple identities that were contingent. He yeah. didn't want to have this one overlying uh, yeah. label that, that constrained him into a single... Uh, can't do air quotes on the on the podcast, <laughs> but but a single homosexual identity yeah. where that may not have been something that he accepted or felt was a coherent identity. And I guess that's what's happening now. That's different, which is that there you can just come up with your own. Like I mean, that sounded it's dismissive, a, it's, but you can it's you can expanded. Say, yeah, it's expanded, and you can you there's there's nuance. Yeah, no, you know, we, like, we have a lot yeah. more people and a lot more ability to connect between people. And in order to have, in order to have an identity, you need to have two things. At, at the very least, you need to uh, have someone that shares it so and you by can the way, articulate. Just so you guys know, Josh counts two like the horns, the, the double, double horns. horns. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a metal kid. That's why <laughs> he's doing a, a Satanist ritual right now. Uh, so you you start out with uh, you have to have commonality and you have to have difference. So you have to have at least one other person to be able to articulate that identity so that you can say, well, yes, this is something that both of us share as an experience that we can say we are, even as an individual. And then the other part of it is we have to be able to say we are not this other thing. Yeah. We have to be yeah. distinguished. Well, I'm actually having issues like that with people myself where mm -hmm. we're, we're like, it's like, um, for me, it's really a lot about under, like having people understand that our experience isn't at all the same, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. and, and that sometimes there are things that are said in certain ways <laughs> yeah. that hit me at the core, you know, like of mm -hmm. my being. And so I can relate to that on a very specific level. So yeah, on a very yeah. visceral level yeah, and yeah. on a level that's probably not very rational and is a lot more experiential, a lot more yes. emotional and difficult to verbalize. Incredibly oh, yeah. difficult to verbalize because then when you try to explain that to somebody, you come up against their experience and then their identity of like, Cause like basically, if you tell somebody that they're doing something that's racially insensitive, mm -hmm. you're <laughs> fucking with their identity, right? Well, yeah, because they want to believe that they they, they, they themselves are they're not and, racist, they're not uh, yeah, yeah. And so, and then, and it, it it is it is a very complicated thing to to sort of. It's just a very difficult conversation. Mm -hmm. So I understand why a lot of people are just like, well, I don't want to be a part of it. I don't want to bake you a fucking cake. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, something that I, I mean, not that they're right, but I understand, oh, no, no, I understand how easy that is. But that, yeah, it, it also comes down to the weird tribalism where like, I think, I think of it, uh, and I realize this is, this is, uh, minimizing or dismissive, but, but the idea of, you know, a Red Sox fan, uh, making a cake for a Yankees themed wedding. Yeah, yeah. You know, where it's not <laughs> actually about any principles. It's yeah. about I just don't like you because yeah. of your tribal affiliation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. The, the other thing that, that uh, I had to learn when I moved to California. Oh, I, uh, we all learn a lot of things about race when we moved to ooh, California. Uh, I, uh, in Michigan, grew up using. 
Hispanic is a catch-all phrase yeah. uh, and versus Latino. And I got a very long lecture on the distinctions between Latino and Hispanic yeah. and how one is a language and one is a constructed identity and how people can feel really insulted if you use the other one. Yeah. Well, I don't even understand that because it gets so complicated because like, like technically we're Caribbean. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we get othered between ourselves, between each other, and I, I, I'll cut this out if I've already told it on the show because I'm going to be editing another mm-hmm. episode where this may have come up. But um, and you got a buzzsaw in the background. Oh yeah, no worries. <laughs> That's like I got. I spoke too soon. <laughs> when you got here, I was like, "Oh, construction's over. We're going to have a clean recording." <laughs> but. Um, no, there's a, there's a, there's, there is a family I know and one of the sisters, like one of the, one of my coworkers mm-hmm. calls her son, says that her son is, or says that her sibling is adopted because mm-hmm. he's darker skinned. So even within the family system, all the shit, all the poison that she's getting gets funneled down, you know, yeah. to like, oh, I'm not as other as you. You know, and so oh, it gets yeah, it yeah. gets insane. So so yeah, if we said anything that was offensive <laughs> at all to any identity, you know, we're one, sorry. One of the one of the weird things that I've gone through in the the last five or so years has been uh, my my family. Uh, we got uh, my dad especially got into the genealogy of my mom's family. And my mom's family—that's weird. They're—they're they're much. I'm gonna more, check your purity, babe. They're—they're <laughs> they're much more interesting than than, <laughs> than uh, his family. Yeah, okay, yeah. Which okay. he's gotten into too, but it hasn't hasn't been as much. My, my mom, uh, her mom had uh, nine brothers and sisters, so okay. there's a lot okay. more. And uh, then her uh, what grandpa? So my great grandpa, uh, he was listed in the census as black for the first half of his life and then okay. white is the second half and uh he basically he became white by moving 10 miles away from the town he was born yeah. in. and so uh within uh, my grandma's generation there are a bunch of kids that phenotypically definitely look like there's a Big African uh, influence. You there. just dropped the word that I need you to define for me. Oh, phenotypically, it's, it's yeah. awesome. Though. What is it? <laughs> uh, your your phenotype is how your genes express in your physical body. I think is the easiest way to, to do it. Oh my god, I'm <laughs> Persian phenotypically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you go with well, you know, your blue eyes or brown eyes is a phenotype. Okay. Your brown hair or blonde hair is a phenotype. <laughs> oh, uh, so I can't say what I said. <laughs> so the sentence that I said. <laughs> you should, it, it's not as precise as you would like, but it definitely yeah, yeah. worked. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so, so uh, basically I have, uh, you know, my mom has aunts and uncles who have uh, relatively dark skin, kinky hair, uh, wide okay. nose, thick lips like that. Now you're sounding racist. And, well, and then uh, <laughs> folks who don't and when I was growing up, the story was, okay, well, there's a, it's a Cherokee princess was in our family uh, and, and they uh, have to, they have to like, yeah, change yeah. the story. That's crazy. And so then, you know, about 10 years ago, 
uh, enough of the racists had died uh, that we got drunk and it was like, yeah, okay, let's be honest. Yeah, family yeah. reunion. Yeah, uh, grandpa was black. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and then... I've seen them retreat from that now that a couple of more died off, the folks that were willing to, to talk about that. And uh, so now they're white again. And whoa. yeah, nobody knows uh, exactly how to dance around that. That's My mom crazy. went and got the, uh, like the, one of the genetic testing. And yeah. uh, that's the thing that white people do a lot. Oh yeah. Yeah. Don't. We don't trust that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't trust it either because it has a huge margin of error. Uh, no, I don't trust like anyone having my DNA. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, well, that. I still have that healthy paranoia. The of Golden any State <laughs> Killer, and you're like, yeah. that could be me. That could be me. Well, no, I'm not a murderer. <laughs> I'm not a serial rapist. Thank you very much. <laughs> well, I, I was thinking more just my DNA could be at a crime scene, and then that shit just pops. Yeah, There's yeah. not any justice in the system. Uh, but so uh, it, it was something that that uh, my mom took, and and she is. Uh, Oh, God. She came out as roughly three-eighths African-American, so we've been trying to work out how the hell the math actually comes out. But um, She should arm wrestle Rachel Dolezal. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and be like, shut up, bitch! <laughs> Come think about that the whole time that was that was coming out. So one of the things that, that uh, is weird about realizing that and, and sort of uh, parsing back, one... Uh, my grandparents' generation, hella racist. Yeah. Like uh, one of my mom's uncles used to run into the to the black side of town and yell, hey, Chocoletto uh, at Whoa. people and then run back because he had older brothers. Like uh, black kids would chase him to beat the crap out Whoa. of him. So fucked up crap like that. And then that his dad is black uh, for most of his life and then encourages that. It's like, yeah, right on. You go tell those black people. Whoa. That's fucked up. Yeah, yeah. The, and I mean, the whole thing's fucked up, but that's a whole new <laughs> layer of the onion. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. It's another layer on the cake. Uh, and the other, the other thing I think about a lot with this I is... I prefer onion because cake is too sweet. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, my, I grew up, though, my grandparents, uh, uh, definitely my mom's family... We used to eat onion cake. <laughs> uh, they ate uh, the Vidalia onions like apples. Oh, okay. So, yeah, you... Lived enough, uh, enough in Florida to recognize uh, the app, uh, the onion eating. <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely. Uh, but so one of the other weird twists of that, so up until 1994, there was a, a Supreme Court case that came out in 1994 that uh, was about a woman in Louisiana who had uh, gone uh, and applied for a passport, and her passport was rejected because... Uh, her picture didn't look black and the Jesus Christ and Louisiana had listed her as black. She didn't realize that she had always lived her life as white. She had no idea. Uh, the Supreme court found that, uh, they could be listed as black, uh, that it came down to the state's determination and throughout the late 80s and early 90s, Louisiana had an elected uh, secretary of state who made it her mission to go and find people that under Louisiana's one drop rule were black. Word. And so, like, thinking about this in the 90s, I was in middle school when this was still happening. It's 
wild to recognize that uh, my race depends on what state I was born in. <laughs> and like, wow. so again, identities yeah, yeah. are weird and contingent and not rationally explained. There's not a through line. You know, I, I, uh, I remember getting the, the letter from my mom while I was uh, at work. I got the, the email. I was mentioning it to, to one of my black coworkers. And her, her response is, well, I'll call the police and say somebody's robbing this place. Who do you think they're going to lock up? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, no, that, that, that's an interesting experience. Or it's an interesting experience to talk about. It's not invalid. Because, mm. but, uh, like, but obviously, you know, from her standpoint, she's right. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, no. But, it, but what I find fascinating about this particular instance is that this is a statutory like rather than like what yeah. most people experience, this yeah. is like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> you, we know you blend. Fuck off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's it's so weird the way these things are yeah. constructed when you look at the particulars. And so yeah, that when that was uh, when the Rachel Dolezal thing was happening. Oh, that shit was it, so <laughs> yeah, it's totally fucking bizarre. Where you're like, look, you, you. She's like, I see transgender people. I'm gonna try to hitch my fucking wagon to this oh thing. Oh my god! It's like no. <laughs> well, and so that that was a whole different weird thing that I remember uh, when I was working there because uh, transracialism has a long history in the law, uh, and so what's transracialism? Is it so, what it sounds like? Yeah, it's it's fucked up. It's uh. uh so starting around the Civil War, questions of who is black and who is white in mixed uh, children Ugh. becomes a legal issue. You know, if mm. you're talking about, well, who can use that drinking fountain? We've already got an oppressive structure, oh, so let's, let's figure out uh, whether that person counts as white or black. That has a long history, and it was something that early legal advocates for transgender people built off of. And so there is a connection there, but it's a really gnarly, uncomfortable connection. And it's one of those things where it's, it's like bad law that's used to do better things as it goes on. Like, okay, we're, is that, is that why it became such an issue about the bathrooms? Is that because, (laughs) because that's what they were fighting? No, 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 that's just, Unhappy coincidence. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly, exactly. That was that the bathroom thing was Just all. Dumb. It again connects back to identity politics because it's about forming an identity where part of your identity is that you are not the other. Transgender people are defined as the other, and the other is scary. Yeah. So a lot of right wing politics, especially on LGBT issues. So part of, part of what, what we worked on was a project called Breakthrough Conversations, where basically it was about how to have a face-to-face conversation with somebody who starts out as against, uh, we were doing it specifically for bathroom access here in California for mm-hmm. transgender students. So that was an issue here. Oh, in schools. Yeah, I, yeah. I could see that being. An issue. It was a it yeah, was yeah. a law that we uh, that Equality California passed while I was working for them. So we mm-hmm. were working on. Uh, we thought they were going to go to the ballot, and so we were going to have to have a persuasion campaign. Otherwise, we were going to get prop aided and fucked yeah, yeah. again. And so uh, we did this project that was all based on building off of what we learned from persuading people about gay marriage and talking to them about transgender people. 
And the big basic takeaway is if you can get people on this or basically any gay rights or, or other uh, minority rights issue, thinking through empathetically, yeah. uh, you can build on that to the point where they will support more uh, equality, less oppression for marginalized people. Well, and what they did, like, campaigning for that shit was so fucked up because, because <laughs> like, the, the, cam- the, the counter campaign is, like, they used the best possible fucking villain which is the creepy guy that wants to fuck you <laughs> yeah, yeah and the and the person going to use that bathroom ain't that creepy guy no well and it's one of those things where like and he doesn't want to, or she doesn't want to fuck you yeah that, that that scare tactic overwhelms people's ability to think about it rationally their identity through fear is more salient than their identity yeah through it's that emotional thing you were yeah. talking about and Absolutely. so yeah, yeah you have to you know like honestly People who are transgender are like order of magnitude more likely to be attacked in a bathroom than somebody that looks cisgender. And so you're taking something that never happens. There's like two cases in 40 years versus billions of people using a bath, billions of bathroom uses. And you're encouraging people to go after folks that, that look uh, gender non-conforming, you're more likely to, to have uh, self-righteous assholes yelling about people that look like lesbians in the in the bathroom than you are actual transgender threat in there. Yeah. And so a lot of the, the campaign, though, was all based on, okay, so how do you build that long-term empathy? How do you talk about these things in a way that it won't just be, you know, a bubble that's popped anytime somebody talks about the bathroom predator. Yeah, yeah. And it really is thinking about times that you've been different, thinking about times that that uh, you've been uncomfortable and wanted somebody else to step in, thinking about ways to ground your experience, connect your identity to someone else's who is in a position of less power. Yeah. And so... That's yet another reason why we have to be okay with talking about identity politics is because we have to be able to talk about where our identities intersect, where they're different, and how we get past sort of the knee-jerk first-level thinking on them, how we get past the, oh my God, this is scary, and into the more reflective and calm thought where you can actually build out that experience and you'll end up supporting more progressive outcomes. Yeah. And so it's not easy, unfortunately. No, absolutely. <laughs> well, and especially just, first of all, when, what, what, you, what I was thinking about is just like, how do you communicate those things to people that, that are more powerful than you? You know, like mm-hmm. how do you communicate empathy? Mm-hmm. To of of what your life experience is like mm-hmm. to somebody who has n- an entirely different set of problems, where mm-hmm. being excluded or being marked as other is like, oh, my yacht is small and shit like that. You know, or, and yeah, so, lots of nerd shit. Honestly, it, uh, comes like, up now. 
What nerd shit? Uh, I mean, uh, the dominant narrative of like nerds in the 1980s, which is still sort of carried forward yeah, today, yeah. is the the nerd is the excluded, picked on, bullied kid. So yeah. it means that. Uh, a lot of people, when they identify as nerds, think of themselves as that underdog mm. without recognizing the ways that... So that's why that's happening culturally. I think part of it, yeah. yeah I think yeah, that's, no, part that of, that's part that of Gamergate. And uh, and I think it, that it also gets tied in with like the 4chan stuff to... Um, people want to have a shared identity. People want to have that republic. People want to have that nation... And in the absence of a clear identity, a clear performative uh, self from people on the left with a, you know, endless critique of identity politics means that there's not that place for people to go into. And the only option they have is folks saying, well, you know, but white nationalism, hey, you come on over here and... And yeah. that, at least that gives them an identity. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Well, and I think that that's one of the things that the Democrats have been suffering for more and more is just yeah. that they like yeah. they have been bleeding the big, big uh, tent. You yeah. know, like nobody's. I I I would say that a lot of people are just going through the motions. And that and that's not going to bring people out to vote. Yeah, because yeah, if yeah. you if you're if centrists don't persuade people, centrists no, don't fire people up. No, definitely not. And I mean, like one of the things, one of the big issues that we're we're not really addressing is just how much money these people are making off of not giving a shit. <laughs> you know, and so so like I think a lot of the problem also is like. Do they care enough to take on identity politics? They, you, you, you know, like for example, I mean, Hillary didn't really campaign. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and so Clinton. I, th- I think that sort of the thing was like with her is that there there was an understanding that most people were not mm-hmm. going to identify with her, and then it was strange that in that mindset, understanding that. She couldn't campaign because if she campaigned, her numbers went down. Then they went for Republican votes. <laughs> yeah, she she got caught in a in a really fucked up bubble uh, of well, like of influence, a right? sexism trap in a lot of ways. Where where it's like, well, when she was able to actually campaign on who she was, people in person liked her. People that saw her on television hated her, and so. Uh, when she was talking about, she had a lot of really progressive uh, positions, but was definitely cold and withdrawn as far as communicating them, inspiring them. I think it was a real contrast from Obama, who was really good at the hope. Yeah, but they didn't and, go to Pennsylvania. They didn't go. They 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 they, they fucked up. I mean, they, and, they, and 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 that's not on her. That's on Schumer, and that's they, on they, fu- uh, they, they, they fucked up. They dude. fucked up, but it was also you know that they were. Caught. No, you're not. You can give me the Biden thing. No, no, no. <laughs> wait, 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 what, I, what I'm saying is that they were they were caught up in a model that they didn't believe in, but thought that uh, they could they lost win the with. They lost to Trump, man. Yeah. That's not a small thing, and they're not even acknowledging it. You know, <laughs> they like, lost to Trump, but so many of those Trump's, uh, Trump votes were, fuck you. I, you know, I don't yeah, think Trump but, is going to win, who, so fuck but, you. But who are they saying fuck you to? They're not saying fuck you to Trump. 
No, no, they were saying fuck you to women, to minorities, to LGBT ah, people. Oh, yeah. No, no. I don't, I disagree there. I don't think, I think that's the narrative. And I think that that's why they're still not catching people onto it. Because I'm a minority. Yeah. And the message that I heard, as I've already discussed, was we've already done enough for you. Now you got to watch out for us or the alternative is horrible. Mm-hmm. And And for me... That's not going to fucking motivate me. That's not that like But but to to be fair, you did vote for Clinton, right? Yes. But yeah. did it matter? But what yeah, I'm man, saying I, I voted for Nader in 2000 in Michigan. And, and, and I and I should have voted for Nader for in in Florida for when when he fo- because they still stole it from us. Um <laughs> Now vote for it didn't do any good though is the problem. <laughs> yeah, it felt I felt better about it. Uh no, I I uh If you can't believe in the process though, right? I, what what I believed then that uh, is empirically wrong is the idea that a third party emerges like that through uh, the first past the post voting in a way that doesn't play spoiler. Well, uh, but look look at how much identities have reacted right, to right. to to this guy being elected, right? So I think that for like there's a misnomer. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there are things that. All right, let's get off of the. the what I wanted to, what I wanted to, to uh, sort of circle back to was uh, if they're saying, "Okay, you're you're a minority. We've done enough for you. Uh, we're going to support your interests going forward. We don't really need to court your vote." That's an appeal to you as a rational voter, not to your identity. That's that's an appeal. No. To, no. No. Because it is intrinsically misunderstanding my identity with me saying that I am a person and I matter this election too. Right. So it's it's not connecting with your identity. It's it's the other version is. Oh it, yeah, it's, no. It's, so your thesis is on point. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> no, I'm agreeing. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, using, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, we're not arguing your your, your point. Yeah, yeah, your point is is valid. My point on the election is that. What is happening now is this thing where nobody has jobs and nobody, nobody's fucking talking about it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And in two years, all the people that are scrambling to get the fucking jobs at, uh, in, in Uber or, are yeah. going to be entirely unemployed. There's that, th- this is like happening and nobody's fucking talking about that. And so that is an actual fear. And so when you're talking about identity politics, what I mm-hmm. find interesting is that the, the, one of the things that, I, uh, that um, it wasn't, it's not Isaiah Berlin, it's uh, Guy Standing, who mm-hmm. is a proponent for universal basic income, which is problematic in terms of, well, but it's... It's good, but implementation matters so much with it that it's impossible well, to discuss. Well, implementation <laughs> is actually going to be so much easier just because, like, things are getting so much cheaper, right? And and, and demonetization is actually a, a, a legitimate concern. How, how much income people get, how that is distributed, how it's paid for, you can either do those in ways that will be really broadly supportive and uh, really make a positive difference in a huge number of people's lives... Or really fuck people. <laughs> but but so but right now there's nothing in place to protect those people. That even universal basic income is such a theoretical thing. And that's like that's people throwing their hands up and being like, uh ah. so then you have this fucking campaign where like the system isn't really applying it isn't really even acknowledging this whole identity 
of people. And it's mm-hmm. a and it's a swath of people. Uh, one of the things that Guy Standing points out is that people that watched the uh, he said the May Day, mm-hmm. the Euro May Day protests, mm-hmm. but people that watched the Euro May Day protests didn't realize that they actually identify or that they've classified. They may not identify as this group of people. They, they, he calls them the precariat, mm-hmm. right? Uh, they may not identify, but that doesn't mean that their interests aren't the same. And so mm-hmm. a lot of what that Occupy Wall Street and all of those movements are, are people just saying like, we are the 99%. We are this. Mm-hmm. this is, and so it is taking on this it's identity. Part of our, uh, yeah. A class identity. Yeah, it's yeah. a class identity. And as that class identity becomes more powerful. So all these things have been happening for a long fucking mm-hmm, time. Mm-hmm. And the Democrats have just straight like been like, no, completely like, let's just keep doing it. Let's just keep getting money from these institutions. And so that's what's coming to a head right now. And so I think that we agree, like, mm-hmm. this is why Trump got elected, because it's 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 it, it is a very visceral, like, like the only option that was given to people uh, was really like, fuck you. <laughs> well, and the, you've always got about 30% of any modern democracy that's straight up fascist. You, yeah. You've got about 30% of the people. And so that gives you a margin if you're just doing popular vote of about 20% to play with. Yeah. And so you keep getting into closer and closer divisions there. Uh, and that's, again, where, where you're trying to, to play for the centrists in order to get that broad swath. It's just that there is no center. There's a, it's a donut. Yeah, they're both <laughs> competing for the same shit. Like, they're both competing for the same fucking thing. So, like, if you don't... Like, that's what, that's what my problem is with the Clinton campaign running for Republicans instead of staying mm. for the battleground states. That was, so, like, Chuck Schumer saying, like, oh, you can repeat it in this place and this yeah. place. Well, for every Democrat we lose, it's like, fuck you. The whole point of burn of... The problem being with Bernie is that he wasn't from the party. So now you're telling me that this motherfucker who's not from the party can't determine, but then you're going to go look for people that aren't from the party to vote for you and mm. tell me to fuck off? Like, you know, yeah. so like that, that is very visceral, yeah. you know, for yeah. a lot of people. And I think that... And that's a close election where people on the, on the outsides and having and the more... Decided, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and, and I didn't decide it. Because <laughs> <laughs> no, you were in California. Yeah. No. So it, I'm nice and safe here. But, but you know, and so... That's why you got to vote in primaries, man. <laughs> no. And, well, I did vote in a primary. <laughs> I didn't get what I wanted. Because <laughs> we got enough. Oh, you know? No, no, no. It's we got a- enough. And so, so I think, like, I really appreciate this topic mm-hmm. because it is an analysis of, like, why fucking, like, nobody really... It was mm-hmm. a very logical pitch that we got. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's worse than this asshole. It's like... Yeah, yeah, but that's not but my li- but my day to day life can't be that much worse, you know, mm-hmm. and like and that's the reality of it. Trump's bullshit isn't really gonna hit us for like another decade. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, and that's when we're fucked. Oh yeah, yeah, well, you know. So that- like the day to day with Trump is like so like I don't even pay attention to it because it's just it's the same shit. Like the same shit was happening before, but it wasn't a spectacle. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> You know, I, I think he, the I, Democrats aren't challenging him on anything. 
They they just fucking they just agree they just greenlit all, all of the all of the judges yeah, and that yeah. was the fucking campaign thing. Come yeah. on, yeah, come on. Yeah. That's, That's why we were supposed to vote yeah. for Hillary Clinton. It is bullshit. It is all a fucking theater. They don't resist Trump. The the way that they had to to resist though right now is Schumer has to be able to get every single Democratic senator to not show up. That's the only way that they have, because then they don't have quorum in the Senate to move forward. But without the majority, they that- could have forced the vote, and they didn't. There was no way they would have gotten fifty Republicans into the Senate into the Senate in time, because not, not they're short, and not everybody would have gotten in there in time. Well, uh, since McCain stepped down, that's the it's a. Uh, uh, is that what it's called, passing away? Well, <laughs> no, because... Uh, this he is, did step down before. Uh, yeah, even... even uh, he stopped showing up, basically. Yeah. Uh, so he, uh, the quorum issue is that uh, you have then 99 people showing up. You need 51 to be able to uh, do any business in the Senate. Yeah. And, and they weren't going to be able to get... Well, they would have to be able to get folks like Heidi Heitkamp and Joe Manchin to stay home and not do any votes because as soon as you step in, uh, the majority can change what's on the agenda to include votes. On... So it had nothing to do with Labor Day weekend. No, no, it's, it's a little bit because they want to go home and campaign, but it's also because Schumer isn't skilled enough at whipping the votes and, and exactly. Uh, <laughs> What's your point? <laughs> the Republicans and the Democrats are asymmetrical is part of the point. It's the Republicans are an ideological party. The Democrats are based on a provision of services to constituents, so they are always No, good. they're not. That, that's that's they're, how the coalition they're, they're, works. They're based on, on uh, their responsibility to their donors. Oh, no. Where's I'm, the single pair? Where's the single... Yeah, that was not about donors. That was about getting shit passed. That was... No, about- it wasn't because it, is, we, it actually just came out from the Koch brothers that the... Uh, and this is already mm-hmm. getting too debatey. We probably <laughs> ended the episode. But, uh, but, but yeah, like it came out that the, the, it, there is literal proof from the Republicans that it's trillions, $2 trillion cheaper than the current system. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, that's uh, that was the the, the Koch brothers uh, study. Yeah, it was a it was a report. Oh God, I'm trying to remember what the the official institute was there. Yeah, where where, yeah. So one thing that I'll say is just an aside. Uh, I'm for universal health care. I think that the focus on single payer can be distracting because there are a shit ton of ways to do it. Um, well, but we already have Medicare. Right, and so we can expand that. That's uh, an easy path. We can also do things like uh, Germany, which is mandating uh, what gets covered and then providing a subsidy. We can do it through uh, multiple providers that are state-owned, like France does. We can do it through... Uh, the way that Singapore does it is the government owns all the hospitals, but... uh, So you still believe in the Democrats? 
I believe that the Democrats are the least worst solution, and I I think that yeah, part of the Democrat I hear that I hear that part of the, the I hear that in the in the way that you that you <laughs> that you parse it. There's still hope. Well, <laughs> Obama it, didn't take it from you. It's it's <laughs> he it's, wasn't your president. <laughs> it's something where where in order to be able to to actually get a lot of these things accomplished, one of my frustrations with Democrats is that there isn't a Democrat identity. There isn't oh. uh, some Thing where, where and, and even less so now. Mm-hmm. I mean, because they yeah. don't get us brown people automatically anymore. We don't. We don't go that way anymore. <laughs> even after Trump, <laughs> you think Trump changes anything for me? Uh, I think Trump. Well, not not for you. I think, I think Trump freaks white people the fuck out, and that's what America is struggling right now with. I'm, right now, I think brown people understand brown and black people understand they're still getting shot in the streets mm-hmm. and that there's nobody that that the lesser of two evils ain't gonna do shit for us and until the democrats recognize that they ain't gonna get us at all and that and they're going to fucking lose a lot because they had because whatever she had mm-hmm. she had uh the, she had the black vote but a lot of uh, uh first of all cubans first mm-hmm. of all we don't all vote the same. <laughs> no, no, Cubans are fucking weird. Uh, no, but but everybody like as, for, as a political population, no, no, no. Yeah, as yeah, a politi- yeah. we're outliers because of our our experience as refugees, mm-hmm. you know, and from the, Castro, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, also from the U.S., right? Because yeah. without sanctions, who knows what would have happened? Yeah, you yeah, know. Yeah. Uh, so so like, it's a very interesting thing right now where these ideas of hypercapitalism and all of these things like all right this is why we don't give a fuck about the democrats right now they're throwing a tantrum about a foreign entity interfering with elections and we're like <laughs> so <Guatemala>. fucking <laughs> what? El so Salvador. fucking what colombia we we Venezuela. are right now look right now we should be talking about the petrodollar we can't fucking talk about that shit because if people know what's going on, then no one's going to believe in the money anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and so, like, we are teetering on some fucking bullshit. And, no, and, and it's all this big fucking parade. And, like, like, I agree with you 100%. There is no identity. And I know that you're hopeful. But for us... Like, and I know I'm speaking for a lot of people that I don't speak for, but like, <laughs> but seriously, you see this shit, man. Like you see this shit and, and, and like, um, you know, you see Black Lives Matter interrupting Bernie Sanders and interrupting, uh, uh mm-hmm. um, Hillary Clinton. And you see people say like, they shouldn't do that. At- mm-hmm. They fucking should. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they absolutely should because oh, yeah. people are getting shot. And yeah. so so I think that like a lot of that shit gets so inside baseball and so bubbly. And yeah. I think that there is a there's a group of well-intentioned white liberals in this country that have this sense of like, why won't you guys like just follow along to what we're selling you? Mm-hmm. And what I'm trying to say is like, because you're not selling us anything we like. We we do not identify with this thing. Like you're saying, mm-hmm. th- you need to play that identity shit and you need to play it well, right? Mm-hmm. Because like, okay, like it should have been a much bigger victory, the, the, the gay marriage shit. Like that should have been fucking mm-hmm. rubbed in people's faces, you know? <laughs> But the only thing, the only thing that was happening this last election was that, 
Mm. They were fucking, they were all about like, you know, it, the, the two main things, it was like, all right, we've given you the black guy. Now it's mm. women mm. <laughs> and gay people. Mm. And like Latinos... Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I think the know, theory there was was just that uh, look at how incredibly shitty it's going to be with Trump. You don't want that, but it, but, it's, but women are okay. They're actually, uh, you, you know, mm-hmm. society has like you know as a culture we have reacted to 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 and 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 I'm not going to say it's better than if Hillary Clinton, but if Hillary Clinton is the president if we mm-hmm. if we base it on anything that had happened with like uh, of our experience with I mean come on we can't deny that Trump came after Obama oh, right yeah, yeah yeah so like culturally how bad is how bad is Trump he may be bad for white liberals but our lives are not changing you know like the 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 the, the, <laughs> the catholics in the corner you know, down the street from mm-hmm. here, they don't give a fuck about like you know he's fucking their immigration and all of that shit. Mm-hmm. But that shit was fucked by the Clintons too. <laughs> you yeah, know, it's a long line of this shit. Yeah, well, and the and the and the, this is like all getting cut. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the, and then the rational argument is that it's getting fucked now by a degree that matters. So you're, yeah. you're looking at the the distance between uh, Obama doing DACA versus canceling DACA. And but then, but then. So Obama actually had a pretty good deportation policy. Yeah, right? although he deported more than anybody else. It was it made sense and yeah. there was a prioritization that made absolute fucking yeah. sense. Yeah. Where well, I don't know how much of the his years were that because I've also heard like after having that recording that episode, mm-hmm. I've heard things that like uh, it started off that way and maybe it fell off. But like right now, you know, Executive orders can always reverse the shit that's happening now, you yeah, know? Yeah. And so, so like as dark, like this fucking, like <laughs> if Trump is in power, the world will fucking end. Like the world is fine. Mm-hmm. We're, we're having, we're actually having a really interesting dialogue right now about influence on government that we wouldn't have otherwise. So now we can be like, okay, so Russian oligarchs aren't okay. Mm-hmm. What about American oligarchs? Right. Yeah. And so like, uh, you know, this notion that voting in the wrong fucking person and voting your conscience is like th- what makes you a pariah or, or a leech on society or like you don't fucking get it. Because I got I, from Florida, I got sold that shit for fucking years, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I lost every time I voted my con uh, or I voted correctly. Mm-hmm. You know, and so it's it's just a mind blowing fucking thing I, for me. I'm gonna use this to circle back around because it, it comes back to uh, the last point where I think that identity politics can be and should be really helpful for Democrats and and the left. And uh, that's in talking about voting. Because uh, if you look at it from a rational basis, voting is terrible. Uh, Think about, you know, you even had some of the closest elections, but if you're voting in 2000 in Florida, Gore versus Bush, uh, it was a couple of million on each side. The chances that your vote was the one that decided it are yeah. really low. It's almost nothing. And so when you go to vote, you're paying a cost. You're, you're going in. Uh, you're taking time out of your day. You might have to arrange babysitters, take yeah. time off walk, work, things like that. It, it's, you know, money out of your H- pocket. Hire a babysitter to take care of my boss. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's cash out of your pocket. It's a hassle out of your day. So that's your cost. 
from a cost benefit, the chances that your vote is the one that decides it are incredibly low, you know, one in four million. So if you skip it, there's not necessarily a big likelihood that things change. Yeah. Uh, so that's looking at it as a, as sort of a, the rational model that, uh, again, centrist politics as, assumes or the liberal critique of identity politics assumes is this rational voter. But if you're rational, you're not going to vote. Yeah. And so then you have to come up with a way to transform people into identifying as voters. Yeah. And for older middle class, upper middle class white people, that's really easy because their stake is maintaining control of the government. Yeah. And it's part of their identification with the state is we're part of the state, we're part of the government, it serves us, so we participate in civic norms like voting. Yeah. And so people on the left have to figure out a way to have people articulate... Shit, we've been talking for two hours. That's my fridge alarm. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. So, <laughs> it's good because this is the last point. So uh, people on the left, Democrats, have to come up with a way to articulate an identity, a reason to come out and vote, even though it's not a rational act. They have to come up with a way to make people identify yeah, with absolutely. part of the project. And that means... And they haven't done that for no. a long time. And one, one of the biggest problems they they have or i think honestly we have even though i you know i'm lukewarm on on democrats i think of myself as a a, i'm a socialist i'm a a progressive i i feel like that we have an obligation you heard that you heard that that progressive theory gave rise to eugenics on that last episode right (laughs) (laughs) i want to have him back on to tell me about that (laughs) it does kind of i think yeah 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 but you know that's that's why postmodernism is important is yeah, so we can go back and critique no, this that all, shit. this yeah. is this is the most fun masturbatory <laughs> psychological or uh, uh, ideological exercise in the world, which is why I do it weekly. So, I feel like if we have this obligation to make the world a better place to to uh, create justice where there isn't any i think like basically the things that humans do is we we can create justice and meaning in the world because yeah. you know there is no god nobody else is going to do it for us that's that's what you've got time that's on. your assessment there's yeah no pretty much no no, <laughs> no there, there's no you. god if, if there's a god i'm not gonna push that, back too hard on uh, that. If, there, if there's a god 2016 that's my answer <laughs> so, fuck you not a good god <laughs> so we have to find a way to get people to buy in and make it part of their, their identity, one of their overlapping identities that, okay, part of it is participation. Yeah. And, well, and I think that that's what the Obama, like the Obama mm-hmm. campaign had, let's all get on board to make something that's yeah. never happened before happen. Yeah. And let's, let's be better than we've been before. Yep. Whereas let's do it again and elect a woman has less impact. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's, it, it, it's, it, 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 it's almost like, um, it's, well, the response is the one that, 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 uh, the Democrats gave us during the campaign, which is like, you've had your fucking chance. Now we're all <laughs> revved up. Now we have an identity of white nationalism and all this shit that we've been like suppressing for a fucking long time. So our identity is what's going to make us vote. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's our threatened identity. Is, yeah, is yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know. I feel, I feel bad for, for Clinton because a lot of, a lot of her, uh, position papers and things like that. It, 
it was building on the uncharismatic uh, sort of failures of, of Obama. Obama uh, was like, great, let's hope, let's all come into this together, yeah. change, we're going to do it. And then totally fell off on supporting and maintaining that change. Yeah. And and so she had to... Well, it was like following Jay Leno when you're Conan O'Brien. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that's... A, well, and, and so... Instead of the news. Yeah, exactly. She had... She, well... She had a lot of position papers that were all like, well, this is, you know, what we said we wanted to do. These are all the 648 steps we're going to have to take to get there. And she was up against Sanders, who was able to really quickly cut through a lot of that and articulate what got people fired up. But it was unfortunate for Clinton because she was coming after somebody who had sort of surf the wave and then a lot of what she was proposing was all of the hard work to fill fulfill a lot of these promises but then it turns into actual policy and people arguing about the details and especially democrats being a bunch of competing interests about well yeah but this tax would hurt this constituent that i have and it ends up taking the fire out of it it ends up turning it from an identity into uh, a rational exercise into some into home and then and then it's all like let's be reasonable we can't attain that and that's not a fucking campaign promise no no <laughs> even though it might be because true. then, then yeah. it ends up being yeah. we've we've given you enough yeah you yeah. brown people we you had your black president well and <laughs> yeah yeah you brown people i have 600 pages worth of homework that you can do if you really want to be a part of this or, you know, you can wait in the wings and just be trotted (laughs) out for photo ops. And it it was something that profoundly didn't connect with people. And it painfully didn't. Yeah. Because look, voting that election was very, very like, even if you vote for Clinton, it's not, you're, you're not like, <laughs> yeah, Clinton. I, I was on some things cause I'm a nerd and I could go through the, you know, homework and be like, Ooh, all right. She, that I think this uh, position on how she's going to manage the carbon tax yeah, looks but, very interesting. But, but also, but, also her positions have changed so much just the more she's gotten, like, I mean, one of the things that we're really not talking about here is how much corporate influence there is in politics in general. Right. So like, so one of the things that just rings disingenuous about her after the Obama years, and it's not her fault Mm -hmm. is like, you know, you got this guy fucking getting $400,000 from Goldman Sachs Mm -hmm. and like, so now we hit the Hopi changey stuff, which is what Sarah Palin called it, which is such a good, <laughs> it's like her Trumpian yeah. fucking slam that I still remember. The Hopi changey stuff becomes Hopi changey stuff. So. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. it was also something where it coming up with a way to get people excited. It's never been what Clinton has been about no. and it's a it's a shame because part of part of the problem is you're looking at the difference between actually governing and campaigning and yeah but I, you, you know I feel she would, would have been actually really good at being president I feel yes, like but I think and and that is one of the one of my pet peeve arguments and I know I'm not saying that you that you're making that argument but I'm just saying like just because she's qualified 
doesn't mean that her policies line up with my ideals. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that is what I think you're talking about, mm-hmm. right? And so, like, yes, she would have been a very competent president. Mm-hmm. But then I could also say that about John McCain, and I didn't, didn't necessarily want him to be president. I could also say that yeah. about probably Bob Dole, and I didn't necessarily want... <laughs> Almost everybody who is Ron <laughs> outside well, of Trump no, is... The, notice the, I didn't <laughs> say Romney. <laughs> well, and, but and, you get what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. Like, there is this sort of hysteria that I think liberals have about the world falling apart, and I think it ha- it comes from the white liberal, uh, the the white privileged side of the the, mm. the liberal contingent, which is this idea of we take on all these things for all these causes for other people, like you know, like we take we care about minorities and mm. oh, but like ultimately. We care about things that they don't care about. And when Mm. we start talking about those things, we get called Bernie bros and shit like that, you know, or Or, or, or different things. Disruptive or identity politics. Yeah, and exactly. And and so it's like, yeah, but you're not offering me anything. You're, You're not offering me anything. You want me to vote for you out of responsibility to not let Trump get in office. You haven't articulated something that I can move toward. Yeah. Well, no, and not just that. I'm not, I do not, I am just morbid enough for you to not want to take that gamble. <laughs> because even though I went to the fucking polls, mm-hmm. I, 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 I'm still fascinated by what's happening. <laughs> and I don't think it's the end of the world. Like some people are like, this is fucking outrage. And yes, I do think it sets a lot of bad precedents, but at the same time, Shit has been bad in this country before. We've oh, yeah. had shitty people as presidents, and and we've 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 bounced back. We've reacted to that, like you know, like punk mm-hmm. came because music got too fucking Bee Gees, right? <laughs> and all of that came because we had the Beatles, and we can't shit on the Beatles for the Bee Gees, <laughs> and we can't really shit on the Bee Gees. But you get what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. everything is a reaction to everything. Like so, so even like like, you know, like. So Trump is an asshole, but he's not the fucking antichrist. <laughs> the the uh, thing that this uh, reminds me of. So there, there was an essay. Uh, it's an 1882 lecture by a historian named uh, Ernest Renan. He's a, a French guy. And his thesis uh, is forgetfulness. And I would even say historical error are essential in the creation of a nation. And okay, yeah. So his idea, and this is toward the, the beginning of the real nationalist and identity politics as a modern phenomenon. And when did that start? Uh, that starts about that time. Uh, I think, I mean, like one of the big uh, points as far as when it's finally crested is, is World War One is all about nationalism. Okay. It's all about the breakdown of like Austrian-Hungarian Empire where you've got mm. these big multinational kingdoms that can't support themselves against local identity. And um, yeah. that's something I, I think also local identity tends to trump any other... Well, that's what happened when, with, with uh, Crimea, uh, you know, the, in... in um, no, is it, it's not Crimea. It's, what the fuck is the one, the Russian one? 
Well, there's the, uh, Ukraine that they've invaded. Ukraine, and, yeah, but, Crimea and Ukraine. Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Georgia. <laughs> what, a, what a what a what a fucking <laughs> it's a phonetic mistake. <laughs> and that's that's similitude. Odd. But yeah, yeah. So uh, that's fucked up. And I, I that's the other book that I'm reading now is uh, Kremlin Rising, which oh, is shit. all about uh, how Putin came to power and yeah, all I'm the sure crazy net. Yeah, all the weird ass nationalism. But you know, but that's the interesting thing. Like right now, mm-hmm. Putin couldn't be Putin if we didn't fucking vilify them. It's like if if it wasn't for NATO and if it wasn't like, he would not have the leverage to be like, hey, we're like, you know how we have. You mean like going into to Ukraine or going in? No, going oh, no, no. The Ukraine thing is like those people automatically like those people identified as mm-hmm. Ukraine as Russian, not Ukraine. Some of them did. So, yeah. Well, uh, t- t- to the point where. It was like a nonviolent. Uh, no, that it was it was violent throughout the throughout the the uh, secession. It, they've they've fought over that for a long time. Uh, that was part of what sparked Putin going in was was that there were street battles and uh, gangs of people kicking the shit out of each other. It was ostensibly yeah, no, 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 but so wait, who was violent against who? No, no, I'm well, saying the both, soldiers... Both Ukrainians and Russians ethnically uh, yeah, yeah, violent within, against yeah, each yeah, other. No, 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 yeah. no, but I'm just saying it wasn't like... Uh, it, like, the Russians came in not to take over, but to sort of police things a little bit. The uh, That's their position. Uh, yeah. I, I, uh, something that, that I think about a lot is uh, Putin... Putin was the chosen successor of Yeltsin. So yeah. he's been around since the mid nineties and he has always been like this. Uh, yeah. But then we've also, we also went back on our promises not to encroach with NATO. I mean, all of that shit gets very complicated. I'm just, <laughs> my, my main point is that without us being as us as we are, I don't think Putin would be able to go to his people and be like, Hey, no, well, I, I think, uh, I mean, the, the better, I, th- I think that the, the way that I would, I would uh, say that is without us invading Iraq illegally, uh, Putin would have invaded, would not have invaded either Georgia or Ukraine. Yeah. Uh, we gave him permission in a lot of ways. Well, because how are you going to fucking argue with our reasoning when it's applied elsewhere? Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. And uh, so he's, he's. But there's yeah. this, this, this sort of sense of denial that's happening with us where we are fighting against this force that's basically China and Russia <laughs> and, yeah. and, and, and it's, it's a question about realistically, how long are we going to be able to keep well, fighting wars right, in, right. in the Middle East so that they don't buy oil <laughs> in well, other, and, th- in other so that's, denominations? That's, that's where I see, that's where I do see a, a potential for optimism is, you know, I do think that it's possible to articulate an American identity that is not based on our opposition to other great powers. Oh, no, and that would be fucking great, but that's not happening right now. <laughs> no, well, but that's, that's something that I but think... The, and that's one of the things that the Democrats are doing so... that, that That's also fucking them in terms mm-hmm. of identity politics is they're attacking from the right, 
mm-hmm. which is like if you attack from the right, you think that guy's not gonna go more right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, he's talking military parades, bro. Russia is its own thing because Russia is is basically openly fascist, and yeah. uh, although ironically they they call themselves anti-fascist all over. That's their their they were fighting fascists well, I mean, in Ukraine. They've been fighting fascists forever, but no, the, the we call ourselves a democracy. <laughs> but there's a lot of PR. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, uh, North Korea, the Democratic People's Republic. Yeah. I'm just saying we eat our own bullshit just as much as they do, for sure. Right, without and, a doubt. And like, and and I think that a lot of the like it it to me, it's a fascinating culture, just in terms of like what we did to them <laughs> during the Cold War yeah, by yeah. out by by beating them during the Cold War and then making them pretend like they were doing okay. And like and just as a society, oh my God, I that think... must be so crazy. That's why they're so fucking tough and they do all that daredevil <laughs> shit where they walk on buildings. <laughs> I, I think honestly it was the it's the post-Cold War period where we fucked them more than anything. Because that yeah. was... You want to talk about... about well, when Yeltsin... Yeah. yeah, when yeah. You, and that's why Putin is Putin. Yes. Without yeah. without us yeah. going back on everything that we said once the Soviet Union collapsed... Oh, yeah, yeah. It, 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 we it, promised them a hand up and instead installed oligarchs. And what Putin said yeah. was, okay, I can work with oligarchs. If this is the way it is, then fuck yeah, I yeah. can do this. So we continue to... <laughs> <laughs> and so... Uh, that's actually one of the things that I would really like to see articulated uh, from Democrats and the, the left in a way that I think it can well, be... Well, Tulsi Gabbard's pretty good at that. Well, uh, I, was thinking, I was thinking more of a, uh, Elizabeth Warren, but I've seen other people talk about it, is anti-corruption. And I think that, that yeah. gets to the heart of a lot of the money within American politics. But if we start going after oligarchs, both in Russia and the United States just on corruption charges well one we wouldn't have trump uh if we were really being honest about who's hiding money where and going in and saying look we have to have transparency about this we have to have uh, a egalitarian approach to political participation uh and that only comes from cutting down on corruption and yeah but it's legalized now well, yeah, the, it would be changing the laws, so it's not legal, and then enforcing gonna, the laws. But who's going to do that? The well, people, yeah, who's the, getting paid to do that? The The problem is that everybody who's There's currently no a politician, they, they've, they've won under the current rules, so they have a yeah. very low incentives to change it. But What needs to happen is a whole bunch of people need to fucking die because robots killed them. Well, <laughs> I mean, like, we have seen this before, though. We saw this in the progressive era of the 1890s to the early 1900s with... with uh, Teddy Roosevelt, where, like, that's how he rose yeah. to, to prominence was New York mayor went after corruption there, New York governor went after co- corruption there, and then uh, came to the presidency on, I'm going to fight machine politics, I'm going to fight against people ripping us off. I don't know, we're good. <laughs> we're like at two hours and th- I'm sorry minutes. to make this so, so no, no, no. Well, politics ten, always gets fucking, <laughs> you always get in the weeds. Well, anyway, go yeah, ahead. So Finish up your thought and then I guess Basically, uh, coming up with, a, with uh, I think that also, again, plays to coming up with an American identity that is progressive. Well, we used is, to be so much better at that now everything is so well we so used to be kind of deeply hypocritical about it but we were we were much better about it here in America we were just shitty about it uh you know yeah well, well no i mean like in terms yeah. of propaganda for kids and stuff like yeah. you don't see like 
how to be swell and shit like that. And yeah, like, yeah. but that was like something that like government thought about, you oh, know, yeah. like culture was definitely something that they invested. Did you ever see the, uh, John Cena, uh, ad council ad? The, no. uh, John Cena, the wrestler. Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, cause you said it weird and I was uh, like, yeah, I mean, is this a scholar? <laughs> I've only read it in books. So. <laughs> <laughs> what books are you reading? <laughs> More of a stone cold Steve. Uh, so the, there's a fun one. If you're, uh, Roland Barthes uh, uh, has a, a whole book about costume wrestling and mask wrestling uh-huh. and how the signifiers and signified work and heel, heel versus turn. So it's a good 1950s gay French approach to past <laughs> <laughs> wrestling. Uh, so uh, I'm trying to remember where it was. <laughs> <laughs> That's all good. Um, so uh, we used to do a much better job about that. So John Cena, uh, has uh, uh, an ad he did a couple of years ago uh, talking about all of the different labels that people can have and how they're still American. And, you know, yeah. walking through asking you to, you know, think about an American, what do they look like? Uh, you know, uh, you probably thought of a man, statistically, most Americans are women. Yeah. Uh, you probably thought about a white dude, statistically, most Americans are a person of color. And, yeah. uh, so You're, we beat you there, motherfuckers. <laughs> We've been working on it. Hey man, I got my DNA test. I'll be, <laughs> I'll be applying to, to get past the purges. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, I find those purge movies so fascinating. Uh, they're so they're they're a little too close to home. I, I have. <laughs> they're a little too plausible for something so ridiculous. <laughs> I I, I uh, claim substance abuse, and I have never made it through a whole one. So. <laughs> they're fun. They're fun, and actually. Actually, surprisingly, there's one, I think in the first one, like, there's a couple and the girl is the one that becomes a badass and the guy dies. And I was like, oh, interesting choices. That's very progressive. It's still, yeah. you know. It's, it's still, still a shit action movie, but it's. The <laughs> regressive use of violence to coerce people, but at least a gender was. <laughs> I actually think there's a little bit of it that is like, I think that at first I was like, oh, this movie's mm-hmm. stupid when it first came out. But the more we get into the Trump years, the more I'm like, <laughs> yeah, there's like literally, you know, sh- mass shootings all the time. Like, it doesn't seem that that crazy and silly. It seems like, holy shit, like context changed for these movies. And now they make a little bit more sense. Oh, yeah, yeah. So like I, uh, the, every year that passes, I have more respect for them. So <laughs> I, I should go back and, and watch them again. Right? I mean, I, I, they're not good. <laughs> That's okay. I watch but a lot of movies. Are good. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing that bumped me out is that they were, there's one that could have been so great, which is with, uh, Omar Epps called meet the blacks, which mm-hmm. is a story about a black family moving into a, a white suburban neighborhood. I remember the trailers for that. Yeah. yeah. It, it didn't look like it could be like, prem, uh, from a it premise like, standpoint, it could be at least fucking fun. Yeah. It's terrible. Uh, I mean, I shouldn't have been surprised, but like, but I still, I'm, st- part of me still grabs. You're hoping for Get Out and. <laughs> it could have been at least closer to it. <laughs> no, but it, it just ended up being like, just such a lazy effort at the mm-hmm. premise, but but the premise of like a black family <laughs> moving into a white neighborhood oh, yeah. for the purge is actually pretty interesting. <laughs> like there's, it could be fucking terrifying in terms of like yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the 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 identifying through uh, identity of yeah, like yeah. being <laughs> what made other. Is what? Yeah, 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 exactly. And that's you know if we don't have a common identity to to sort of fall to, or at least identities that overlap enough that we can find common cause in that. And that's something um, Chantal Mouffe I, I mentioned earlier talks about in terms of 
setting up institutions. So recognizing that we're always going to have these contentions. Nobody's uh, ever going to get to the point where uh, we have the perfect... Oh, yeah. Uh, like, uh, well, that's why utopian ideals are so ridiculous. Yeah. It, like, uh, what I think of is the Kwanzaa ads where you're like, that, <laughs> that's lovely. I, uh, we are never <laughs> I going to see these. <laughs> <laughs> Just as a concept, the idea of Kwanzaa ads seems so pandering. <laughs> exactly. You know. It doesn't and, seem like any ad exec celebrates Kwanzaa. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Like when you see the, the Metro ads and you're like, none of you motherfuckers take public transit. You yeah. have no idea what this and is. And then like. also, uh, let me backtrack and say I'm I uh, not that I'm assuming that there are no celebrators of Kwanzaa in the advertising world that <laughs> they can't get those jobs. Uh, my apologies. Yeah, no, uh, <laughs> but you know there's no fucking Kwanzaa people. <laughs> yeah, well, or at the least the process for making an ad about Kwanzaa does not represent the yeah, practice. Yeah, the practice exactly. <laughs> uh, but so without without having. Uh, while acknowledging that we're not ever going to have the sort of utopian uh, identities where we can all come together and just share one thing, man. We can all just salute the flag during the anthem and not have to kneel because of police brutality. Yeah. So that blinds us from the ability to build institutions now where those sorts of contentions can happen and can happen in a way that is not dangerous for the underpinnings of society well, it's, like, it's like any any relationship if you don't acknowledge them it just festers right like yeah. if you have a girlfriend yeah. and she does something and you're not happy with it yeah well you're married so <laughs> <laughs> if you have a girlfriend that's fine <laughs> yeah but i don't acknowledge it to my wife no it's <laughs> no but yeah no totally like there is a dishonesty that happens a lot in politics which I think is runs counter towards and yeah. and I think that I think there is an inescapable element of money which you brought up uh, you know uh, yeah. like where it's like I mean I look at Rachel Maddow mm-hmm. and what she's become <laughs> and it makes me so sad <laughs> but she's making tons of money right and mm-hmm. so she's made it to this echelons of uh, like to this bubble mm-hmm. where like it it's a bummer you know like to mm-hmm. first of all it's a bummer to have lost her and mm-hmm. then secondly it's it, it's just a bummer that it can happen to somebody mm-hmm. you know like i don't know that if someone's like yo you're going to make $30,000 a day <laughs> and like like yeah, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Not, I, I, what am I going to do with what am I going to do when that happens? I'm like <laughs> Coca Cola. We're here to sponsor your uh, podcast. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> just need to the talk. delicious taste of Coca Cola. <laughs> Isn't it great now <laughs> in the summertime? <laughs> Thank you, yeah. Mike. Cream Amber. Yeah. Uh, well, so we've got on the one hand, we've got to have a ways to talk about things like, you know, honestly, we're still not over slavery. We're still not that we have oh, yeah. Confederate monuments up. We're still not over the civil war. That shit wasn't that even, even that long ago. People were lynched in like the sixties. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, people <laughs> were putting up those, those monuments in the sixties, yeah, which yeah. was basically like, Hey, my grandfather was into lynching. Isn't yeah, that great? Yeah, and yeah. so part of it is coming up with ways to talk about these and ways to contend with these, these different conflicting identities in a way that isn't just papered over, isn't just, well, everybody salutes the flag, but also allows us to forget them, to move past them. Yeah. Sort of like, uh, like what's, what South Africa did. 
Yeah, yeah, the truth and reconciliation. Uh, And, you know, that or uh, Nicaragua had a really similar process. Oh, really? Uh, Yeah, uh, because uh, that was uh, after the first, what, after the first Sandinista? uh, I really like... uh, So that would have been early 90s? My Solis's pictures. Uh, Uh, Susan, my... What the fuck is her name? There's she's just a photographer that had some really nice pictures of the the wars over there. Of the yeah the, the, the sort of yeah uh, post contra era yeah so yeah. that what um, I think El Salvador did too but yeah, basically yeah. it was it was about we need to have an identity that both allows us to come together and talk about these things in a way that can reconcile us. And also an ability to forget and move past and not keep bringing up the same pain over and over again if we're going to be able to move together as a society, as a a country, as a people. Yeah, but I think that – and I think that that is an interesting point in practice, but I think that there is a a heavy emphasis on the let's forget – Without a let's acknowledge oh, yeah, part yeah. to it, especially especially with black people, because mm. like right now they're getting killed by cops. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> and so one of the things that I, I meant to touch on earlier and then uh, sort of wandered off from was uh, thinking about who does the work is really important. Yeah. Um, one of the things that we learned from the the persuasion conversations was that uh, basically having people closest to the audience does the best in terms of making the the persuasions durable. Well, that's why Facebook and the whole analytical thing, analytical thing, yeah. But it it really means that uh, one of the things I wouldn't want listeners to take away is the idea that I'm saying that brown and black people should be doing this work and we're going to reconcile ourselves. No, No, it's, it's, uh, if we want to save this, we have to have white people doing the the work there because that's what's affected. And and, and I didn't take that from you. (laughs) I didn't think that that was what you were saying. No, but I do feel like, and this is like, I legitimately have to have just Mm -hmm. come to embrace the fact that I have an issue with white liberals. Mm -hmm. I have an issue to some degree with NPR Mm -hmm. because there's nothing wrong with NPR itself, <laughs> but there's something wrong with the people that listen to NPR because there is a thing that happens to them where they think they're cultured mm-hmm. and they're just listening to a radio mm-hmm. pro, uh, station. Mm-hmm. They think that they're worldly because they hear some fucking, like, the, the, you know, random a, instrument. And <laughs> just the, the, there's the, the guy that took, uh, a composer took a train ride all around America yeah, exactly. and wrote a song and, cycle about it. And, and, that, like, this and is that, it's like NPR. And you're not, you're not fuck. You, like you're listening to a story about a white guy who has time to do shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then if you ever hear about a brown person, it's very dramatic. It's like Malala. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, so from my standpoint, like, and like, I'm always wary about talking about anything overtly political because for, to some degree I do want this to be a little bit of an escape mm-hmm. where we're not like talking about Trump and shit. But this is like an interesting <laughs> – no, but identity is is a, yeah. a, 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 an interesting thing and we're only talking in, in, in aid of these people in aid of the 
the main concepts, but I do struggle with that a lot. And I, and I like on a personal level and even with my close friends on a regular basis, I have to remind them, Mm -hmm. you know, like there's some people that I don't, but then there's some people where it's like, dude, you can't say that. You can't <laughs> fucking say that. Yep. And it's not and, and and it's not even from a standpoint of me being like, you can't say that because it hurts my feelings, which it does, mm-hmm. because you're supposed to be part of my social my, my support system. Yeah. And I get that shit daily from everybody. Yeah. Right? Like it doesn't stop. I don't turn it off. But um, you know, I think the 2000 ex- the 2016 election was maybe white liberals at their worst at their most entitled at their most sense of like this is what's right we vote for this person and we don't complain about it and if anybody has a problem with that fuck you and that's not the dialogue mm-hmm. and and i that, that's also what you're saying I mean, you know like and that but but like but in a very real sense like on a fucking regular level I even booking this show is hard to not end up just booking white guys. Yep. You know, because in the art world, <laughs> that's all there is, yep. right? It's yep. like it's a it's a saturation. And so like, you know, like I mean, not that I have anything against white guys, I just want some diversity. Mm-hmm. And I've had one friend from Miami who's brown. He's the only brown guy white uh, you know, the brown white guy. <laughs> I just assume males are white guys. <laughs> Those people get preachy and tell me how I need to vote or tell me what my identity is or what, yeah. how I should feel, what I should be relating to, whether it should matter to me more that Trump is not in office. It's like, the world is fine. Trump is in office. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll feel the pain in 10 years. But we'll yeah. feel the pain in 10 years, but right now it's all good. And also... We had a Clinton before and we're feeling the pains 10 years later now, right? Yeah, and yeah, we and don't necessarily... And, and, it wasn't and, all cookies and gumdrops, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and, and what's it called? It was just more going to the right, more people in prison. Mm. You know, she used to be for uh, single right. pair, now she's not. How did that happen? Mm. <laughs> I wonder how that shit happens. Did she just uh, evolve on the position that people shouldn't have free healthcare? No, they're uh, yeah, like so. So like, <laughs> I'm totally so, willing to go into that one too. But <laughs> no, but but yeah. you, but but like, but I'm saying like, you know, like fight for fifteen. Yeah. Fifteen dollar minimum minimum wage. Okay, yeah. All the mom and pops are gonna get fucked. All the mom and pops are already going to get fucked. Yeah. (laughs) You want to really stop the mom and pops from getting fucked, do something to stop the mom and pops from getting fucked. Don't fuck a whole set of people because you don't want the mom and pops to not get fucked. It's already going to happen. It's like, it's like a contingency of like, well, you're all going to get fucked. So fuck it. Yeah. The the fight for 15 is one of those things that, that, that is frustrating for me because that, that ends up being, uh, I do think that that's a, a good example of something that gets people fired up, gets them passionate about it, but I don't think ends up being great policy. And I don't think it's a great uh, path for Democrats to push hard for, mm-hmm. but, um, but why? 
Oh, uh, mostly because I end up supporting more of just a, a universal basic income or something like that. But I think the minimum. Yeah, but I mean, now you're right. You're, you're taking something that people say is a pipe dream and, and being like, no, nah, let's pipe dream it up more. <laughs> well, I think that there are ways to, to get there. And I think that that uh, in how do you convince people that it's not welfare? I, I think we're fine. I am fine with welfare, honestly. I think yeah. that that uh, the demonization of, of welfare is a huge mistake, and that honestly, that's part of having a positive freedom here in America okay. is allowing people to pursue their dreams, and part of what does that is good social safety net. So, I'm all for it, all right. dude. You just gave me like two episodes. <laughs> I mean, this is gonna be a two part. No, seriously, it's fine because I'm so far back. I'm backed up on like, or I I'm like empty on my banked episodes i have one episode so now i'm just like i was like oh i gotta edit all this down until like something reasonable i was like nah fuck it i'm gonna make it two episodes so it's been a pleasure having you on thank you so much thank you so much for coming (laughs) yeah no and we'll do we should hang out just so we can fucking actually talk about this shit well and one of the other things that i do is i i roast coffee over at uh, tristero and we're right on daily street oh okay Uh, so uh that was what i was thinking about while i was driving down here was like oh i know where this is tristero uh mostly daily daily going which way uh do you know where the the it's just south of Maine, basically. Block okay. south of Maine. Well, uh, cool. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you for doing all this work. <laughs> you definitely did a lot. Uh, thank you for making me talk about politics. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm going to cut out everything that's inappropriate and leave everything that you said that's wrong. That's all right. That's all right. <laughs> all right. Thanks, man. Cool. Take care. I'm all right. Take care. Bye. Oh, Bye. do you have anything you want to plug? Fuck. Uh, no, I mean, uh, you, don't you have like a blog or something? Well, you can follow me on Instagram. Instagram? Uh, yeah, uh, which I'm, I'm Josh Stike on there. Mm-hmm.